going on? Welcome back to the Minipod Podcast. My name is Josh Lyles, joined as always by my co-hosts with the most, Randy, Josh, and Hunter. <laughs> That's us. That's, yeah, y'all. We're here. That's y'all. We're here. The it's, it's been a while. Kitchen table. That's why we're so, we're so giggly. We're like those little schoolgirls who just uh, stay up too late, eat too much sugar, and we just giggle about everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do it's not agree exactly with Exactly what we are. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's been going on? It's been a while. School started, so new routines. Yep. What grade are you in now? Seventeenth. Seventeenth. Yeah. Got held back a couple of years. <laughs> I got my bachelor's degree, man. That a baby. Nothing new for us. You have your bachelor's degree? I do. You have a master's degree? No, I don't have a master's. Hmm. BBA in finance. Nothing new for us. Just baby uh, taking care of baby and taking care of Lauren and another baby in the oven. So. That breaking news? Wow. Oh, that is the first time we... Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, I think I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. You better, that out. Around you better yeah. text me. No, no, what is that no, term, two kids within 12 months? What is that? Irish, Irish, Irish twins. twins. Let's yeah. go, dude. Congrats. Yeah. Lucky charms. <laughs> Lucky <Yeah>. charms. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah, Let me awesome, be the man. first one to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Finalization date on the adoption. Uh, September 25th. Sweet. Wow, fantastic. We might Is that have close to, to the due date? South Carolina. They told well, us it could be Zoom, but now they're saying we have to come in person. Really? Well, you know, when you're in an airplane, it's really fast, so it's kind of like you're Zooming there. Yeah, it's so. a bad thing. Southwest doesn't fly to Greenville, South Carolina. Uh-oh. Well, they do, but it's really weird flights. Mm. So that means it's more expensive. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure that out. Gotcha. But good news, nonetheless. Here, here. Great news. That's awesome. Congrats Thank you. on expanding family. Thank you. One of my kids' birthdays is the 25th. Well, congratulations. Oh, I think it's Jackson's. You know, you yeah, get yeah. so many, you yeah. just write them down. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Up later, okay. I was in Los Angeles when he was born. Mm. We were in the hospital, too. Mm. My wife was. She had kidney stones in L.A. Mm. I thought she was dying. I looked up uh, I appendicitis that. and uh, how to bury your loved ones in a different state. <laughs> so, that's what I was looking at. But, uh, no, she survived. It was great. So yeah, we baby, were able yeah. to. Two births that day. A baby and a stone. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Anybody else have anything going on? How, how can we? Let's like three podcasts in a row. You've topped us. Yeah. My middle child turned sixteen just a couple of days ago, or yesterday actually, uh, and he's a dude. So that means he's driving, which means I have to call the insurance company Monday morning, and probably going to bring me to tears when I realize how high our insurance is about to go. But. I think that's just part of it. Was yours bad when your son started driving? Do you uh, I can call Callie and ask her if you like that. <laughs> Dude, anytime I ask him about any adult question, he's like, let me call Callie real fast. You should probably ask Callie. Yeah. So it's exciting. I'm happy. I'm happy for him and I'm happy for our family. It helps obviously having somebody that can drive another person. Uh, but other than that, I was in Colorado last week for work. The weather was beautiful. Really kind of beat the socks off of 105 degrees here in West oh. Texas. So it was really nice uh, weather. What do you think? Cortez, working, right? What do you yeah, think's Cortez. higher? The people that you came in contact with in Colorado or your premium of your auto insurance <laughs> tomorrow? It's gonna be that's gonna close one. That's yeah. a real close one. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of dispensaries in that part of Colorado. Can Probably you see Telluride from Cortez? Because Telluride's really close to Cortez, isn't it? Uh not sure to be honest with you. Oh. You can see the mountain ranges in the background. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been hot. Very time. You know, at oh, the beginning of the summer. tomorrow, 89. Yes. Let's go. Hot and yeah, That's the that's hardest fine. part, too, is the rain. The rain's the biggest problem, I think. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. Yeah. Supposedly. We'll see. It was supposed to rain today, but I don't think it did. No, it didn't. <laughs> Anyways. So on Tuesday, come home from lunch, or I come home from uh, work. Lauren cooked. 
good meal. It's awesome. We're having a good dinner, talking. Carter's hanging out. I feed him. Everything's all good, right? I'm like, hey, Lauren, I got to go mow. So I'm like, can you uh, give him a bath? And then, you know, we'll, we'll do the wind down process after that. So it works out. I go out, mow, mow the front, mow the back. We eat edge, do the whole enchilada, then go mow the back alley. And I see this really green spot. And I'm like, why is it so green? That's weird. I'm like, there's got to be a leak over there. So I'll go over there. Sure enough, there's water standing everywhere. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to do a little investigating. So call Lauren, have her turn on all the sprinklers, see if it's leaking out of the sprinkler system. Nothing. Nothing. I turn on the water faucets. Nothing. So after I turn off the water faucets, I go back. On the way out to the alley, I grab a glove. So I'm like, I'm just going to because there's a hole in the ground. Yeah. So it's a PVC pipe. So I'm like, I'm just going to shove my hand down there and see what it is. So put the glove on, get down. I'm looking at it. You know, it looks just like water. I shove my hand oh. all the way down there to my elbow, and it smells exactly like sewer. Oh, so, at the time, I thought it was a sewer clean out, right? Turns out it's not. It was stagnant water. Smelled like sewer. Oof. But at the time, I was like... I, I was, I was getting hand. nervous. I, I could see where that story was going. I yeah. was getting nervous for I you. just shoved my hand yeah. elbow deep in our own yeah. deuce. Yeah. You know? yeah. But turned out, it's just water leak. Gotcha. I mean, it's still a water leak. Yeah. still leaking back there. But yeah. You didn't fix it? No, I didn't. Professional. At least you know it's there. Yeah. I don't know how to fix that. Well, That's beyond my uh, manlyhood, I guess. I don't have the tools for it. So yeah. I had to call a professional. Yeah, if I can't hit it with a hammer and fix it, it ain't getting fixed. Yeah. So, anyways, or Josh, anything, screwdriver. anything new for you? Phillips screwdriver? That's you about done? it. No. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't hammer. mean to interrupt you. Nothing exciting. Kids are starting sports, starting school. So, you're, like, you're coaching again, right? Yeah, but am I? I mean, I mean, I'm on the roster, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of hanging out with kids. Have you watched Ted Lasso? No, I've never watched it either. Maybe you pick up a few pointers, maybe. From Ted Lasso. Just believe. Believe. That's just kind of their mom. Believe. They yeah. slap it every time. Basically, though, like the next eight weeks or so, we just know we kind of signed up for crazy because it, it's soccer, it's cross country, it's football. And so we're just kind of gearing up for that. Had a great like church camp, kind of relaunched our youth into August. And then, yeah, everything is good. It's just the next eight weeks are crazy. So it is what it is. Yeah. Well, good. Hopefully, you'll make it through okay. I think you will. I believe in you. I hope so. Amen. Busy summer for me, and that's it. We made it through, and and we're on this side of it. And, you know, it's kind of in in a weird season where, and I know three of the four of us are kind of sports fans. I know at least one of you is just solid football. Yeah. I don't know where you line up, Hunter. I'm not sure if you like baseball or not. Yeah. Yeah. In October. Yeah. Yeah. Regular season's kind of boring to me. You know, I thought the Rangers might make it to October. They may not. They may not. They dropped a second streak. place, huh? Oof. Hey, you know, they broke the eight-game eight losing streak last night, though. Yes, yeah, and they lost another one yeah. today. Uh, a walk-off in the 13th inning on a walk. Four walks in a row. Uh, oh, get out of town. my goodness. So, this is the first time the Mariners have been in first place since 2003. That's a long time. Neither here nor there. What I'm saying is, there was a day the other day, it's before football season, baseball played in the afternoon, and so I didn't have anything to watch at night. Typically, like, we'll wind down, and I'll sit down for maybe 10 or 15 minutes uh, on the couch, eat dinner, uh, and try to have something on the TV. And you know what I thought? They just don't make them like they used to. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like the SAG-AFTRA strike, 
Yeah, could be. You know, I'm sure. You guys, are you guys I'm up sure. on that? Yeah, of course. Mm, I missed that. It's the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah. I know what the last part stands for, but I can't, I can't really remember. Association of Famous Rich People. Anyways, they're on strike, and so maybe they're just playing reruns. But I thought, man, it's just there's nothing good on TV. Can you guys remember when there was something good on TV? I remember, you know, they used to have TGIF, TGI oh, Friday, you know, like... I mean, I remember one time in high school, we were talking about hanging out and doing something. We're like, hey, we'll just stay in and watch TV that night, you know? And we did. It was a blast. It was a great lineup. Yeah, it was. A lot of great stuff back then. It was, it was uh, what was it, Step by Step, mm-hmm. Family Matters, Yeah. Um, The uh, Boy Meets World, and then what was the other one? <laughs> I don't know, but you're doing really good. Yeah. Uh, step by Step, Family Matters, Boy Meets World. Oh, gosh, there's one more. It's going to kill me. Yeah, yeah, those were the days, man. Yeah. Good Even ESPN was a whole lot better back in the day. Yeah, all the analysts were good. Yeah, it's cooler than the Is other it, side of the pillow. Do you think it's really? <laughs> do you think it's really better, or are we just like those old people that grow up and you're just like, well, back in the back in my day, it was. Yeah, I, don't I know. think it's probably both. Also, we have so many more options. It's like there's no real reason to watch TV the way we used to. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Like I don't watch a commercial ever. Yeah, they're dumb. We've talked about this before. I kind of like commercials a little bit, but yeah. maybe because it makes me feel like days gone by. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, if I see something advertised, I may, it makes me not want to buy it because I feel like they wasted my time. Like if I need something, I'll go figure it out. I don't need you yip yapping at me. Do you yeah. do you ever watch live TV? Do you all have live? No, TV? no. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't have live TV anymore. Can't so we have, we have to do Netflix. We have YouTube TV. Uh, so so sometimes Netflix and Disney Plus. I actually think we do have somebody's login. <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh, yeah. by Sports, permission. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So listen, the Full House is on. Full on on TGIF. A show called Perfect Strangers. Remember that? There was one guy that was not American. He had a he had yes, sort of an accent. Remember that you know? guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Dinosaurs. Remember that show? Yes. That was on. That was on there. Uh, step by step, I already said that one. I liked. I liked that one a lot. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, you remember that? What year was this? Uh, was probably years. before you were born. Yeah, it was ninety four. Yeah, this was uh, 90, 90 to. I think the first run was like. Is Harry and the Hendersons on that list? No, that's a movie, but it's an. Yeah. Incre- oh, no, there was a show, I think. <laughs> I don't. But Harry and the Hendersons the was yeah. awesome. Thanks, man. I don't watch know any of these? Oh, uh, Boy Meets World. I don't know. I've yeah. heard of that. I never watched it. You never but. watch it? Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. It was a good coming of age comedy. Yeah, like but, when uh, you're in high school and Topanga came on the screen, man. I mean, bruh. you know, that was yeah. Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell. Dude, I mean, uh, those were the days, man. Bruh. Not Sabrina me. the Teenage not, Witch. Not me, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about, Lauren. <laughs> the Hughleys no was on there at one time. Norm. Yeah, so it was, it was good. Two guys, girl, in a pizza place. That was uh, Ryan yeah, Reynolds. Reynolds. It sure was. Yeah. Tennis, you know. So yeah. So TV, right? There's a lot of TV shows. They they used to be good. Now maybe not so much. What is what is in your opinion the greatest TV show? Randy, go first. Well, are we talking about greatest or are we talking about my favorite? I, I say in your eyes the greatest. So I guess I'd mean your favorite. Well, my favorite is not the greatest. So. I personally think the greatest television show ever was Breaking Bad. Personally, oh, that's a phenomenal movie. You know, you recommended that to me. Yeah, yeah. and I, I sat on it probably for years. Yeah, like I was like, nah, I just, I just don't. I'm not a drama kind of guy. Like I don't, I don't go home at the end of the day and I'm like, oh, see what you can do to depress me. Yeah, but when I started watching, I was hooked. Yeah. We, the writing and acting on that show is phenomenal. The last couple of seasons, we did watch parties for yeah. those new episodes that came out. It was awesome. Yeah. So I think that's the greatest show ever. 
my favorite show is not the great, not even the greatest comedy, but it's my favorite, and that's King of Queens by far. Oh, oh man, so, I would have bet my life savings on that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not. I'm I'm under no illusion that it's a great. Randy, why show. don't you explain to us why you think it's so funny? I, I don't know, but here's the <laughs> yes, thing. you do. No, no, but no. Here's here's what I here's what I don't know. I've watched that show so many times, and I don't know whether. I know what Doug Heffernan is going to say because that's exactly what I would say in that situation. <laughs> I don't know if Doug Heffernan is me or if I'm Doug Heffernan. That's what I'm going to say. I don't know if I like it because I just find him funny and he says stuff that I would say or if I say what I say because I've watched it so many times and I just have picked up on his stuff. But I find that show hilarious. I think Arthur is... Oh, he's great. I mean, the, the ensemble, the supporting cast is phenomenal. And uh, I love it. I could watch it. I can. I'm, I you never do get watch tired it every day. I do watch right? it a yeah. lot. I do watch it a lot. You know lot. what's great about every it is, afternoon is that patio. Many. Yes. You, you don't. You don't have to know anything about it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just yeah. comedy. Just pick it up you can just it, pick yeah. it up and yeah. watch it. And yeah. so that's another show that I sat yeah. on for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then I watch. I tried to watch chronologically from season one to season nine. Yes. Um, Correct. Made it about I guess half, the back half of it and then started over. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of fizz, fizz it's out one of those shows way. where like if I'm in the if I'm in the like kitchen cooking or cleaning up or whatever I can just have it on and my back turned and I'm still laughing I don't need to see it I can just hear it and it's still just as funny to me and I laugh like it's the first time I've ever seen it which is ridiculous even though I know what they're about to say uh, but that is my favorite that's not the best but it's my favorite that's a good one I do that same thing uh, I had the student leaders over at my house a couple of weeks ago and we were kind of bored and so I put on one of Nate Bergatti's first uh, Netflix specials and man like those first 15 minutes were some of my favorite I mean, but I, he would start setting up the joke and I would be dying laughing because I know it's, I know it's about to happen the kids are just kind of looking at me they laugh though but it's so it's so worth it so good alright Josh what's your what's your goat show so my favorite all time is The Office. Uh, I think it hit me at the right age. Also, I think it's so relatable, and and like I feel like everyday life, there's always like something that relates to The Office or something that you can quote that fits the moment. And again, talking about like the different characters and stuff, it's just it's incredibly well done. A show that I kind of miss and have gone back that I really appreciate is Seinfeld. And what I like about that is like the writing's incredible. Like the stories weave in and out of each other, and they have all these callbacks to their seasons. And like I think it's the most brilliantly like written comedy. Uh, but I, like for me, The Office is my favorite. See, the thing about Seinfeld is I've watched it and I never quite got into it. But then this is not a recommendation because the language is terrible. But Larry David on Curb Your Enthusiasm mm. is hilarious to me. And, uh, you know, obviously he was a big part of that Seinfeld show or whatever. So I, I get it why people love it so much. I've just never quite got into it. Curb yeah, enthusiasm is wild. <laughs> I've tried Seinfeld. I can't get past the nasal, the nasaliness of Jerry, I guess. I don't know. It's funny, but not like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should give it another shot. It's one of those situations where we're in the minority, though, man, because everybody yeah, loves I mean, that show. For it's me, like, like that Friends. Yeah. Friends, yeah. Same thing with Friends. Like, I watched that with Kelly. Boring. Yep. I liked it. I liked There's it. a couple, but like, it's not my favorite. Yeah. But that, to can, me, kind of like represented good. just like my 
coming of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like sure. it was just kind of that yeah. that era. You know, I think when you watch those shows does matter. Yeah. Like we talked about you know like where it hits you. Austin Powers is hilarious to me because <laughs> I was a sophomore in high school when that movie came out, and so if you're a sophomore in high school, it's hilarious. You know. <laughs> As a 42-year-old, it's still funny. If I watched it for the first time right now, I'd be like, this is so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. But it just it matters where it hits you. Josh, do you have a favorite episode of The Office that you can that you can nail down? I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, I love when uh, Jim sends Dwight faxes from future <laughs> from future Dwight and then he tells him the coffee's poison. He runs across and he knocks out of Stanley's hand. Or like when... Jim makes Dwight think that he's, you know, a CIA operative and he's on the roof at the end. He throws his phone because he's been compromised. Oh, there's just so many. That last uh, that last episode when Andy talks about, I wish I knew the good old oh, days gosh. when we were in them. Bro, that got yeah, me yeah. live. Like, I, I cried. I, I got choked. I didn't cry. I don't cry. Oh, of ever. Not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't either. cry ever. Cool. But yeah, I got choked up. So there's, there's a lot of good things, you know. I mean. When Jim hires that actor to act like him. Yes. Dude, that's one of my favorites. They change the pictures and everything. <laughs> they call him Asian Jim. I can say that because they call him that. <laughs> Everybody's in on it. Oh, it's funny. Do you feel like that maybe they, they did the series a disservice with the last couple seasons? So I think like Steve Carell after, after season seven, yeah. I feel like season eight was rough, but I feel like season nine, it got better and it ended well. That's how I felt. I don't know if anybody would agree with that. I thought it ended well. I thought that they're like season eight is like, e, a little rough. Yeah. It was fun though. I, I loved it. I've watched it probably five times all the way through. When, yeah. when like a clip comes up on like Instagram, I almost always watch yeah. them. It's so good. Also, it would never fly. Right now, no. you know what I mean. Also, like the, be... the bloopers for the office are phenomenal. So great. Mm-hmm. The plasma TV one, dude, that's one of the best bloopers of all time. Have you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, where he's got that. Michael bloopers. gets a, a yeah. plasma, but it's like 12 inches, and know, it's sometimes so good. we get like laughing really hard in here and can't get through things. Yeah. I can't imagine being on the set <laughs> oh, like man. that. You know? Well, and, I mean, and like from what I understand is like they encourage like impromptu and ad lib, so like. Yeah. Just because you've done it three times in a row, like, hey, the fourth take could be totally yeah. different. Like I would lose it every time. Yeah. So good though, <laughs> it's good. I liked um, not the same, and it's not one of my greatest, but I, I liked uh, Parks and Rec because it's, oh, it's kind of oh, the same thing. So that's what I was gonna say. Really, that's is that fine. your favorite? Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I'm Go not a big it. TV show guy, but if I were to pick one, that was probably it. What do you it's like funny. about? Or Ron Swanson. He's yeah, hilarious. So good. Any moment he comes in, it's funny. Chris Aziz. Pratt, though, too, is Chris so Pratt. good yeah. in that show. Chris Pratt, Aziz, and Swanson. Yeah. So good. And who's a, who's a Pratt's girlfriend? Audrey. Audrey Plaza. Audrey Plaza. She's funny, She's too. good. Just so, Very so dry. dry. Yeah. But Karen Filippelli. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when... Um, y'all probably know this, but when they're all sick in the office... And uh, Leslie is, I think she got the flu or whatever. Chris Pratt's character types in in his computer, like, the symptoms. And he said, hey, according <laughs> according to Google, it sounds like you have limited connectivity issues. Yeah, you know, like, yeah connectivity problems. <laughs> and he was, that, that was, that was improv. That was yeah. something that he just did. And the <laughs> the computer in the office wasn't connected to the internet. So it just came up. And so he's like, I'll just read it off. And it was incredible. I laughed so hard when I saw that the first time. The producer, it whoever it was, said he's so mad because it was a writer. He was like, it was impromptu. He's like the funniest joke in the thing. And like, <laughs> it was awesome. He just made it up on the spot. It was so good. So you, you would say Parks and Rec. That's good. I didn't know yeah. that about you. Or um, Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy. Oh, that's good. Uh, that's a good one. Have you seen the new season? Yeah. 
I've been just I've been out it. of the loop. I, it's I, really good. Is it good? Yeah. I think I'm behind the season because then a new one just came out. Just yeah. came out. This yeah, is the last I, one. And that's it. Yeah, it's done. Mm. I haven't seen the new one yet. Krasinski, man, he's ooh, he's good. He kind of got but, both sides of the coin on that, right? I mean, he was Jim, kind of goofball, and then mm-hmm. yeah, serious CIA agent. Yeah, total. I feel like it's kind of a play, or I mean, you kind of get a glimpse of what the CIA really looks like. Maybe not. I don't know, but it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, based, like, yeah. From a TV show standpoint, based on the time I didn't spend cool. in the CIA, I think it's <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, right. It's yeah. probably accurate. Yeah. So I, I I grew up. Um, so we had TGIF. And then I would spend the weekends with my grandparents sometimes. And so Saturday was a big day for us because we'd sometimes we'd rent a movie, but other times we would watch the Saturday night lineup. I don't know if you guys remember this. Larry King Love and C-Span. <laughs> <No. laughs> they weren't they weren't that old. Oh, okay. They weren't that old. It Johnny was, Carson. Uh, oh, wait, wait, it no, was that like, uh, <laughs> It was Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, okay. Doctor Coy Medicine. MacGyver. Woman. Wow. No. Uh, there was one called Early Edition. Right, you remember that where where the guy uh, it was actually the coach from Friday Night Lights was on there. He got the newspaper of news that would happen tomorrow a day early, so that he could intervene and save people and do those things. And so that was one of them. And then um, before all those things, I say that to say this: before all those things, there was a show that came on called Texas Country Reporter. Oh. Yes, mm. and I love it. Yeah, you still watch it this day? It's been going strong for fifty years. I've been watching it for fifty years because I'm not that old, but it's been on the air for fifty years. You know what he said? This is why I like it. Because he said, it's ex- extraordinary stories about ordinary people in Texas. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Do you a podcast like, about that? I, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm working on one. <laughs> I did watch one the other day on YouTube. It's great. Yeah. It was a worm farm in like <laughs> South Texas or and something. He's like, he's like, these are people you've never seen before. People you're probably never going to see <laughs> again. But it's just stories about regular people. Yep. It makes oh. the state great. And he's been doing it for 50 years. Thousands of stories, three or four episodes or three or four stories per episode. It's just great. It makes it's what makes our state great. You know what I mean? Oh, that one thing. Thousands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> They've been in Snyder. All the great people. He's been in Snyder a couple times. Yes. Yeah. For what? Yes. I don't know. He was at that restaurant. Which one? <laughs> I do have a couple of honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, these, these are not endorsements. I want to make it clear for everybody. These are not endorsements. So I'm not saying you should watch these. I'm just saying they're hilarious to me. Um, on my rotation is King of Queens at the top of the list. Yeah. I also have New Girl on a rotation. Oh, that's oh. good. That's good. I, I and concur. Mom. If y'all have never seen Mom. Never seen it. It seen is it. so I've, I've seen funny. On Netflix? I think it's on Hulu. I've seen like the uh, the info block on the yeah. TV guy, but I've never. Yeah. So it's got a, a pretty good story arc of people that are trying to clean up their life. I mean, you know, obviously we're Christians, and so we know that that you know we we look at that through a Christian worldview, and they don't. But it is a group of people that are trying to better themselves by going to like Alcoholics Anonymous and things like that, and it. You know, they, they kind of make light of the past decisions they make and make jokes about it, and it's really, really funny. But yeah. anyways, it's uh, it's really funny. Not an endorsement, just freaking hilarious. <laughs> I, Lauren's a huge TV show watcher, and yeah. I, I know for sure hers would be uh, Law & Order. Yeah. Oh, SV, gosh. Yeah. Every day. I can't handle I come shows home like that. All I hear is dum 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 Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I can't. I, I don't like it. They freak me out. Because then you start thinking about situations, well, and you're like... I just feel like they're all the same. Yeah. 
I mean, somebody dying. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really clever. Everybody uh, stands in a circle, take turns saying their lines. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? The town this? that I used to live in, there was a lawn care company called Lawn Order. <laughs> and I was like, bro, I don't even have grass worth cutting, and I'm going to hire you to cut it because that's incredible. Oh. Yeah. So so listen, I wish I wish we had some TV shows like we used to have, like Days Gone By. We could build memories with our families. MacGyver. Maga- MacGyver was so good. You know what's so good about MacGyver is that he was able to f- to figure out how to make things work. He was a problem solver. Yeah. He was a problem solver. So what I'm thinking about today is solving our problems, right? We all have had issues with other believers, right? Some some call yes. it grudges. Some people call it beef. I don't know what you call it. But the reality is that we have conflict, right? And the Bible is really clear on how to handle that conflict in a way that mends relationships and honors God. So, what if we talk about that today? I like it. What if? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's do it. <laughs> Can you guys remember the last time you were in a fight with somebody? Like a fist fight? No, that didn't go well for me. <laughs> I don't like to think about that. That's one of the best stories I've ever heard, though. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Maybe for later. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yes. You remember last time you were... Like a fist fight? No, like just like a... Yeah, so conflict happens all the time. So like I think I think when we think about conflict, we think about like the ones where you have to call the cops and stuff. Like that's conflict, but I think because we're sinners... It's domestic think, violence. Yeah. <laughs> because we're sinners, like we're pretty consistently sinning against one another, which means we're pretty consistently in conflict... And I feel like basic biblical conflict resolution should be a, a skill that every Christian has. And I feel like very few people really walk through conflict biblically. And I think it causes a massive amount of problems. And it could be so, like the majority of the problems could be so easily avoided, in my opinion. Yeah. There are things that, that cause conflict. I thought maybe we'd talk about that. Like, like hey, what, what, are some, what are some sources of conflict that we have? And then maybe we can talk about um, how we get there, how, how we resolve those things, right? So where do you think conflict comes from? So like sin, obviously, like we sin right. against one another. I, I think obviously like the way we use our words is probably the main way that conflict happens, especially the older you get. It's more of a verbal thing. I think some of it too can be like being irresponsible, being inconsiderate um, uh, with your time, with your relationships. Um, also, it could be like not keeping your word those sorts of things tend to pretty easily you know cause conflict money causes conflict the thing about it too i think is you know when you're a kid you look at adults and you think hey adults know what they're doing they got stuff figured out you know but you realize that a lot of adults are just as childish and petty and ridiculous and irresponsible and everything that josh just mentioned um as junior high kids sometimes and it's really upsetting and it's really frustrating to deal with well, and, and two, it's like if what we typically do is if if like Randy were to offend me, then I would go tell Josh about it and talk, then tell Hunter about it. And I would never go talk to Randy about it or I'd post about it vaguely on Facebook or maybe specifically on Facebook. And it just makes the problem worse when if you kind of would do the basic things the Bible says, you could probably eliminate most of the headache. But you don't get to be the victim then you don't get to feel sorry for yourself and all that yep. it just fixes the problem and you get to move on yep. so like it just it kind of depends on people some know? people do yeah. thrive off that conflict I mean yes. they, they love the drama they love you know that 
feeling of just being mixed up with folks and then if like they're quite living man if if they're not beefing with somebody mm-hmm. you know and it's unfortunate but it's it comes it down is. to being selfish yeah. pretty much yeah. do you think that there are certain personalities that just naturally don't jive with each other well like you hear like personality studies like oh this personality type doesn't really mesh with this personality type but i think the holy spirit is bigger than that i think i don't know if you guys follow the enneagram at all but I, i'm pretty sure my wife and i according to the enneagram aren't compatible but i tell you what we're pretty compatible prove it <laughs> <laughs> no but for real like i think like personality wise like we're not supposed to be a good fit but the holy spirit's bigger than that and like you learn to love each other and you learn to serve one another and be considerate to one another and well if you're a complementarian then you two should complement each other amen yeah. brother i think that's good i i feel like um kind of the source of that stuff is is mostly pride right i mean there, yeah. there are yeah. times where people genuinely hurt you and do do wrong to you but if you, if you continue to grudge with that person, I mean, that, that's really just an issue of the heart, right? I, I've heard this term, right, that, that you need to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, with the idea that being a peacekeeper is finding false peace, and false peace is no peace. I think that comes from Pete Scazzaro. I think it's a T-shirt. Like, it says no peace. And in the middle is bold. <laughs> is it really? No. It's I know just, it's Jesus. It's some cheesy Christian. No, no Jesus, no peace. No, no Jesus, Jesus, no, no peace. peace. K-N-O-W Jesus, K-N-O-W peace. Right? Amen. But tell God he'll figure it out. You remember that shirt? <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Sorry. I saw one the other day. Uh, Tommy Hellfighter. Do you remember that one? Oh, dang. That was one. Tommy Hellfighter. I bought that sh- uh, shirt at church camp one year. So, so yeah. So the I, the Bible calls to peacemakers. That's all over the Bible, like Romans eight, um, Galatians. Like it's really yeah. all over the Bible. Like like be a person who fights for peace. Um, and so, like the idea would be fighting for peace means not that you're going to deliberately act in such a way that causes conflict on purpose. Like that would be so. The, the, the words I've always heard was peace breaking and peace faking, but you want to be a peacemaker. So a book is called the peacemaker by Ken Sandy. Um, literally is everything that I'm about to say. I also have this in a PDF if, and I send it out to people all the time. I don't know if anybody ever reads it, but I hope they do. But the idea of peace breaking is that you're going to basically be the, the bull in a China cabinet. You're kind of just, you're going to run all over everybody. You're going to cause problems wherever you are, et cetera. That's not right. On the other, like the other far extreme would be, you never voice your opinion. You never really voice when you're hurt. You just internalize everything, and you're faking the peace. So you're a peace faker. So you don't want to be a peace breaker. You don't want to be a peace breaker or a peace faker. You want to be a peacemaker. Somebody who is kind of towing that line and, and knowing, like, okay, when you're offended, you're going to address it. When somebody offends me. Um, or, or when I am offended, I'm going to address that. When I offend other people, I'm going to step into that and not and not run from it, you know. Uh, and really, that that Holy Spirit filled Christian who is a peacemaker and, and who's willing to kind of toe that line. And, and again, it goes back to like Matthew 18: how you deal with sin, how you deal with conflict, and then the instruction from the different other parts of the Bible about peacemaking. So that's that's where I kind of land. That's where I have. <laughs> done quite a bit of reading and study and then just trying to help other people with that as well um peacemaker by ken sandy is the book i feel like peacekeeper is kind of complacent with kind of what's going on yeah like you kind of modify what your thoughts are on things and you're kind of okay with what's going on instead of correcting the underlying issue instead of being proactive you're just kind of passive and you're like "Mm." you know yeah kind of talk our way out of it a little bit but i've heard like um 
Jesus was was kind of a peacekeeper, right? Like he was he was meek, he was humble, but he wasn't that. He was active, he wasn't passive. I mean, he he took care of business, you know. And and I think my tendency sometimes is to just be like, okay, whatever, you know, as long as as long as we don't lash out at each other. But I mean, it doesn't it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't rectify the situation, you know, to just have that that false peace, faking it, you know. Um, You're not growing. You're just kind of walking along. It's easier not to have hard conversations than it is yep, yep. to pursue peace and, and reconciliation. Why do you feel like it's difficult to handle conflict properly? I think for a lot of things fall in this category, but it's just easier not to, honestly. Like, you know, it's, <clears throat> it takes effort, you know, and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And so it's it's somewhat easier to just ignore it, pretend like it's not happening and not feel the pain or the discomfort of having those conversations i think yeah i definitely think it can be extremely uncomfortable to have those difficult conversations but i think they're essential to everybody's growth one thing that i love about that ken sandy book is it talks about how conflict's an opportunity it really is an opportunity for growth so say that somebody offends me and i feel i really feel compelled that i need to go and and have this conversation with them it's an opportunity for them to grow from their mistakes too because maybe they did something wrong they don't even see it you know or maybe it's a chance for them to to just ask for forgiveness or whatever it is but it's also an opportunity for us to step into that and to love them well and to not just leave them where they're at and then they're going to go kind of bulldoze over somebody else again i think for me though an issue that you and i've run into before not with each other but when people don't have that same framework as you yeah. though that's also a bit of uncomfortable feeling because you know you're, you're doing the right thing and like coming and wanting to resolve yeah. the conflict but if they're not coming from that same kind of framework or gospel mentality or whatever uh, it can just get really, really sideways, you know. Now we we dealt with that with like talking, speaking about repentance with people that yep. really didn't have that framework, and you know they were just offended and mad and hurt mm-hmm. and felt like we were attacking them and that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, no, it's an opportunity, man, to to for growth here. But they just didn't have that framework at all. Yeah, I think what helps too is, again, you got to be. We got to. We probably need to talk about one specific thing. So, like, if somebody has offended me, we'll just keep that one. And I feel like I need to go and speak to them. For one, like, there are moments when you got to, like, certain stuff you need to let slide, right? Like, and, and it just depends on what that is. Like, is it something that you just keep rehashing in your head? Did it really, like, cut you, like, honestly, and that could really offend you and hurt you? Um, like, do you feel like their heart was malicious? Like, you can kind of walk through some questions to really analyze, like, um, is, is what they're saying to you harmful to you and your spiritual walk? Is what they've done to you harmful to their spiritual walk? Like, you can kind of walk through some different questions and really think, okay, is this a situation that I need to step into and actually have a conversation with? Or is it something that I just need to let roll off my shoulders and it's really not that big of a deal? And not create conflict. Yeah. So, so you have to be honest about that because, again, the peace faker would be like, no, it's fine. Just, just roll off your shoulders. But there's going to be times when it's, when it's too much. And I think you know those times because, again, you just replay it over and over and over in your head. Every time you see them, they walk in. That's your first thought. Like, there's some telltale signs that, like, this is bigger than just something that should roll off your shoulders. If that's the case, then I think that you need to prayerfully prepare your heart to go and have that conversation with that person. And I think the way you approach it can promote a better response. But there's no guarantee that that when you go and say, hey, when you did this, it was really hurtful for me. No matter if you're kind and you're specific uh, and you're not accusing necessarily in a mean way, but you're just trying to deal with the issues and the hurt at hand, there's no guarantee that they're going to receive that well. Um, At the same time, 
like I, I think God calls us. It says Matthew 18 says, you know, when somebody sins against you, you go first one on one with them um, and tell them their fault. If they, they don't hear it, then you kind of widen the circle and bring others in. The heart behind that isn't to win. The heart behind that isn't to like justify yourself. And, and also the guarantee isn't that, hey, if you have this conversation, you're gonna be best friends from here on out. Like the goal is we don't want we don't want there to be anything hindering our relationship, but also we don't want to be walking in unforgiveness or sin to give the enemy a foothold in our life as well. And so like, it's a really a matter of, of care for yourself and for them to deal with this stuff so that you can have the best relationship with God that you can. And so can they, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, that's really good. I heard somebody say everything I just said is from that PDF that is taken from that book, Peacemaker by Ken Sandy. So we could just stop it there. That was good. I'm telling yeah. you, I've learned a lot. Because I've read that PDF a billion times, and because I sent it against people a bunch, I have to do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought this was, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, it wasn't a, a Christian podcast or anything like that, but it was just a little snippet on social media that I saw, and this guy was like, hey, I want you to repeat after me. Say something that, that maybe we've forgotten how to say. I'm sorry. My fault. I'm sorry yeah. I misunderstood you. Yeah. Like, I think we've lost that. Like, we always want to be right, and you said something that triggered that, uh, just, just that thought in my head. is like, we don't know how to be wrong sometimes they don't know how to be humble and say oh yeah maybe maybe i do have it wrong you know well also society almost promotes like not only should you have an opinion but your opinion's right even if your opinion is different than everybody else's it's like at some point everybody can't be right and so it's like you got to navigate this that's why like you want to be rooted in the word of god and say okay i'm going to submit my opinions and my views to the word of god because that's my standard and then i'm going to operate out of that and again not everybody's going to do that but to the best of your ability, you want to be a person who is a peacemaker. And that doesn't mean everybody else around you does that or receives it. But like to the best of your ability, that's the kind of life you're going to live because that's the kind of life that Jesus is calling us to. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you said uh, just to kind of kind of think like, hey, is is this a conversation I need to have? Is this something that really bothers me? Is there ever a bad time to like work it out? You know what I mean? Like, like, should you be in some sort of frame of mind or frame of heart, some, something that you should think through before? Yes, I, I completely agree. I think you need to be wise about that. Um, one thing that you can do is prayerfully prepare your heart to have that conversation. And so what I always coach people is this. If your motivation is to win, you're not ready to have that conversation yet. That's right? really great. Uh, but not only that, um, but obviously, like, if you're exhausted, like say you're fighting with your wife and you're exhausted, I've always heard people say, don't go to bed angry. But like, if it's 12 at night, sometimes if I can just sleep for six or seven hours, I can wake up and my head is so much more clear mm-hmm. the next day. And so like, rather than saying, I don't think the Bible's saying, don't let the sun go down in your wrath means like you literally have to work out every conflict with your wife before the next day, before you go to sleep. I think, I think the principle is as quickly as possible, we're going to make this a priority and we're not going to ignore it and just pretend like it's going to go away. And so like there's literal times when me and my wife will fight, we'll argue, we'll try to work it out. We do go to bed mad. I wake up the next day and then sometime that morning we come back together after we've had a moment to pause and, and almost always the conversation goes better once we've had a second to cool off, to pray, to sleep and to come back. Now we do not ever just ignore it and pretend like it, it, it's, it's going to go away and take care of itself. We always make it a point to discuss that because I think that is what the Bible's talking about. And we do it quicker, faster, sooner rather than later, yeah. right? Like you don't want to say, okay, on three months, we're going we're to circle back to this. No, you're going to say, okay, 
you have 30 minutes, you have three hours, you have 24 hours, but we're having this conversation when, and when we have a better frame of mind that we can really process it a little better. It's good. It's good to step away sometimes. I, yes. I, I have a hard time in the moment saying the right words, articulating my feelings. Um, and so I, I find it best for me if, if it really is intense to just maybe step back, you yeah. know, and pray and seek some clarity, you know. Um, my wife and I have gotten to marital counseling. Uh, I also think everybody should go to marital counseling um, because we're, again, we're all sinners and we're learning how to do life together. But one of the tools uh, our counselor gave us was to call a timeout. And that all that means is when the com- most of the time in marriage, your conflicts will be circular or they'll be just constantly accusing. We're like, I accuse her. She accuses me. And we just see the other person's fault and it's not really going anywhere. When you're in those moments when stuff's escalating, it's not really going anywhere what we decided was that each person has a freedom to call a timeout and if somebody calls a timeout then the other person will honor that and that's a minimum of of 30 minutes where you have to separate and not discuss the issue but also it's like there will be a set time that you come back to it that's something we learned in counseling and that's worked really well for us because there are times in the heat of the moment where like you at some point you're not even talking about the thing anymore you're just trying to win you're trying you're yeah. heaving you're just lobbing jabs at each other and you're just being mean to each other and you know that happens uh, but you call that time out you pause breathe come back and then you can discuss it wish i would have known this stuff in my first year of marriage yeah because <laughs> <laughs> we would get in an argument right and then i would just go away and then act like it was all good like it was just going to re- resolve itself without having mm-hmm. a conversation about it and resolving yeah. it and then turns out it never did yeah. and then you always so it's kind of like yeah. kind of like black mold you know like you yeah, just, just stays. cover it back up yeah. pretend like it's not there next thing you know it's comes right grown, grown yeah it's doubled scattered in size. Every, yeah, yeah. so for for us it was like the first five years of marriage and year five of our marriage was really hard it's one of those things where, like, I thought we were doing great. Yeah. But no, like, we she, definitely haven't figured it out well, yet, like, for she, sure. Well, no, like I'm saying, Callie was suffocating. I thought stuff was going good, and I just thought this is how life was supposed mm-hmm. to be. And then God really opened my eyes, and, like, I learned a lot. And then we've we've grown since then. Um, but I think it's one of those things where, like, we got married so young. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of going off what you assume or what you think. And... And sometimes you don't even know how unhealthy you are, you know? And so, like, it's been a massive learning curve for us. Also, being in pastoral ministry, like, you're constantly helping other people deal with their junk, which then makes me think about, okay, what am I ignoring, you know? Mm-hmm. I never want to assume that I've got this stuff figured out and that, and that oh, i got to help these people and they need to be like me. Like, that's crazy talk. Anytime I'm counseling somebody else, I'm almost always talking to myself um, because I'm struggling with something similar. Um, circling back to what I just said, though, the only way that timeout works is if both of you agree ahead of time that you're going to respect that. If I, if Callie calls timeout and I keep badgering her, that's terrible, right? Like if you call a timeout, you got to honor that. So I think what you said is important. Like you're not there to win. No. And if you're there to win, then you've already lost. Mm-hmm. In in marriage, especially like not just. Not just among friends or church family or, you know, whatever, yeah. but like, especially in marriage, like if you're fighting to win, like what if you actually win the argument? What do you, what have you won? Mm, yeah. Like you're an idiot. A night in the dog house. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, sleeping on the couch, boy. <laughs> A couple episodes of the office. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you put it that way. <laughs> uh, looks like I'm losing the night. <laughs> cool. What, what would you tell somebody who's like, man, I what do I do? Like, like I've got all this information. How do I go about doing that? Where, what can I refer to? 
I think the biggest problem in almost every conflict is that whoever's hurt can really clearly see what the other person has done wrong. And I think most people have a very hard time taking responsibility for their for what they've done wrong. And I think the majority, the healthiest relationships that I've seen in the healthiest conflict is when both parties are more focused on what they've done wrong rather than what the other person has done wrong. So that's marital counseling, but that's also any counseling, right? Like any kind of conflict. Um, and the more you can take ownership for your stuff, uh, the healthier you'll be. But not only that, like so many times, and I hate this to this day, but like when I sin against Callie or against somebody else, I, I want to say I'm sorry, and that's easy to say. I do not want to say, hey, Callie, I sinned against you. This is specifically what I did. Will you please forgive me? And to me, like that's like if I spilt my drink at dinner, like that's an accident. That's what you say sorry for. But when I've been harsh with my words to Callie, I, she doesn't need a sorry. She needs a uh, will you please forgive me? And I hate that because it's, it's me owning the fact that I not only was wrong, but I sinned against her and Jesus and I was not living within my values and all those things. And so it's very hard for me to say, but forgiveness is a gift. And like forgiveness is a gift that God will wove into the fabric of humanity to restore this brokenness that we all experience. And like you have to learn how to receive forgiveness. You have to learn how to extend forgiveness if you want any shot at a healthy relationship with anybody. That's good. Own your junk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think owning it is good. And, and, you know, I think that starts with humility. I mean, I would say that's probably the first step, right? Is just like you said, like it, it. may not just be the other person's fault. Sometimes maybe. Maybe. But yeah. but most of the time, both parties are guilty in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And so I think humility is is a key. Um, also, as I was reading, kind of prepping for this, uh, just kind of realized that Philippians 4 is a great passage for this. Great principles in Philippians 4. Um, Paul is writing to Eodia and Sintiche. Uh, and then just kind of, kind of, you know, they're, they're in this public. Is that when he's in a straight betwixt? <laughs> <laughs> That's King James version. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so he, he's he's writing to these two women who are kind of in this this public um, quarrel, uh, and just kind of gives in the following verses just some some good principles to take whenever you're thinking about conflict resolution. And so read Philippians four, four through nine. Randy, how do you guys have any any final thoughts about maybe what it takes to be successful at this? What what you know? How do you win that fight with your family? Look outwardly. Put yourself in their shoes. Quit being selfish in situations. Learning to which we've already said this a thousand times, but learning to take ownership of your side of the street. Like any objective person on the outside may think it's ninety percent some other person's fault and ten percent your fault, but you got to own that ten percent. You know, like whatever. Whatever you have. And I think the biggest thing, too, is just keeping the gospel in mind. Like, we've all sinned. Um, Jesus has forgiven us greatly. Uh, and so if we aren't able to extend that forgiveness to other people uh, and to be gracious towards people that have sinned against us when we have sinned so much against the Lord uh, and he's been so gracious to us, I think I think the gospel drives a lot of that humility. Um, because on our own, humility is impossible, right? But. I think the gospel drives that humility and drives the forgiveness and drives all those things. So um, realizing that we're a sinner helps us to extend that forgiveness to somebody else and helps us to accept that, yeah, I am a sinner. So I probably have some ownership in this uh, at whatever level that is. And just saying, 
you know, just accepting that and, and owning that, I think, is uh, is important. So that's the only thing I have to add. I thought it was really good. Yep. You guys did good. Yep. Awesome. Be humble. Own your stuff. Look to the other person. Don't be an idiot. Like it. This podcast was a little bit difficult to fit into our schedule, so I appreciate you guys trying to make it work. I know it's not, not our normal um, time slot, whatever that is, but nonetheless. Thanks. We didn't thank our sponsors yet either. Yeah, our sponsors. Link and Ath- Athletic Greens. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Link. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We're going to get sued by Athletic yeah. Greens yeah. <laughs> for both dollars that we've got. No, no we're system. saying Athletic Greens. <laughs> <laughs> not the same thing. All right. Well, hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, well, well. See you later. later. Big gulps, eh? See you later.